Hey friends, I'm glad you're here. I just wanted to let you know about a new program that we just opened up this week. It's called The Flock by The Schoolhouse Life. And it is a intensive homesteading self-sufficiency program where we guide you through the steps you need to take to get your life to a self-sufficient stage, whether that's homeschooling, homesteading, entrepreneurship, natural medicine. We will help you figure out the plan for your life and in a three-month program, create a roadmap to that and practical applications. So by the end of the three months, you have some abundance flowing in those areas and you know where you're headed for the rest of the year. If that's something that you're interested in, I would love for you to check out the schoolhouselife.com backslash the academy. And that's the schoolhouselife.com backslash the academy. That's got all the details for you on it. And uh, super excited to offer it and enjoy this podcast episode. My kids don't do all the same things. Like one son did one thing in ninth grade, but another, it's not going to work for him. So we're going to choose a different curriculum or a different methodology for him. Mm-hmm. So it's just all about figuring out what works best with our kids. And part of that was learning my kids, different learning styles, mm. how they learned, how they retained things. Well, I mean, for one child, I can't have him narrate to me after we've read something. Mm. Instead, I'm going to play a Jeopardy style game and ask him questions. And he's going to answer back and we're going to work through it that way. Because I know that for him, that's actually going to solidify it in his brain better than narration would just because his brain works that way. Mm-hmm. So just being able to not, you know, be married to a certain style of education because, you know, you love it and you believe what they said so much, but instead like teaching the child in front of you mm-hmm. and how they work right. best and how they learn best. Welcome to the Schoolhouse Life Podcast, where we believe that life is a schoolhouse. Totally. We're super dorks with a passion for sharing our love of homeschooling, homesteading, natural health care, plant medicines, natural childbirth, healthy eating, meditation, creative endeavors, overall self-sufficiency for the whole family. Oh, and don't forget self-development and spirituality. Oh, of course. Key players. We hope you'll be inspired to do things you haven't, try things that could make your life better, and mostly we want to encourage you to never stop learning and let your life be a schoolhouse too. Everybody, I'm really excited to have you here with us today. I am interviewing a friend of mine who agrees to be on the podcast. She has so much going on and is kind of such a, just like a, I feel like a homeschool mentor in general for a lot of people, but she has graduated children and then she's got young kids and she's just got the full spectrum. Um, but her name is Betsy Jenkins. If you don't follow her already, I'm going to tell you, you're going to want to follow her Instagram account, at least the homeschooling with the classics Instagram account, because it's hilarious. Even if you're not a homeschooler, you watch it and you're like, oh, so it's okay for me to think these things about homeschoolers. We already know. We know what you're all thinking. Betsy knows what you're thinking. She puts these memes out that are hilarious and you need to follow her there. But I'm just really excited to hear about her story of homeschooling and how she came into this world and and all of that. I don't know this story personally, so I'm really excited to learn. But Betsy, we're going to start at the beginning. Okay. I like to start at the very beginning of like, how did you grow up? What was your schooling like as a child? Well, I uh, attended private schools mainly growing up. And then around sixth grade, we switched over to, it was a private school, but it really operated kind of like a co-op. We had uh, three about half days a week that we would come into the church building into the school and the parents would all teach the various different subjects. And then the rest of the time was homeschool. Oh, that's totally. So, 
I, yeah, I did that through 10th grade. And then my junior and senior year, I did independent study. So basically sat on the couch and taught myself for a few months to finish out my high school diploma. So. Wow. So you were basically homeschooled. That's, that's amazing. I love that because you don't, in our, our age group, there aren't a lot of homeschool. I mean, it was much less of a thing, I think, when we were kids. So you were mm-hmm. one of the, like, the early adopters, early adapters, what's the word you use, but pioneers in the homeschool realm. Your parents, I guess, anyway, should maybe take credit for that. But <laughs> how cool. That is really neat. So what did the, the co-op and sort of even the independent study, what did that look like when, I mean, what was the involvement of your parents or a teacher? I mean, literally all on your own? Well, I mean, our three half days a week, we'd come in for instruction and then basically be given our homework, which would be our homeschool work for the rest of the week. So for the other half days and then the two other days that were home study days. So it worked a lot like a lot of co-ops, homeschool co-ops work nowadays. You know, you could turn to your parents for help if you needed it. But the main instruction givers were the other parents who were teaching their different subjects that they felt confident teaching. So that's pretty much how it looked. I was in school from sixth to 10th grade with almost the same six people. So (laughs) it was almost like being in a homeschool family. (laughs) I love that. The tight knit community. I love it. Okay. So then moving into your high school, it sounds like you had a chance and plenty of time to explore your own interests. So what did that look like? What were your own interests and where did you really sort of start picking up what it was that you wanted to do? the rest of your life so during those years i spent a lot of time drawing and painting Mm. because i wanted to be an artist that maybe that was if you're watching if you're seeing us you can see betsy's beautiful face and behind her is some of her beautiful artwork so and i've seen she has magnificent artwork all kinds and so i know she's a talented artist but anyway go ahead (laughs) thank you yeah i spent a lot of time drawing and painting a lot of time up in the top of avocado trees reading jane austen On the so, West you know, Coast. Surprise, didn't have a boyfriend until I was well into college. So. <laughs> Wait, you went to college. That's a big development. So you, out of high school, what did that transition look like going into college for you? It looked like me never getting a degree. <laughs> <laughs> I went to I went to school for art history and fine arts, mm-hmm. but I went to local community college. Okay. And so, you know, still lived at home and then ended up getting married and having babies. So didn't end up finishing my degree. However, I ended up with a career in fine arts and uh, graphic design. And all of that kind of built on the basis of the education I got. But then it's just that installation that I had. It was built on the basis that my parents set us up with that being lifelong learners being curious, being always learning, always teaching ourselves. So I wanted to learn graphic design. So I learned it, you know, I just read books, I watched tutorials and I, you know, figured it all out and learned how to do graphic design. That's a chief part of what I do with my business now. Yeah. Okay. I love that. Yeah. I mean, your memes even are sort of (laughs) like graphic design. (laughs) I love it. Okay. So, I mean, first of all, like you've answered a few questions, like one, if you're 
homeschooled through high school. And if you're homeschooling a child through high school, it can be really intimidating. Like, okay, well, they're, when do they, where do they go from there? Like, we have to have this all mapped out and didn't sound like you necessarily did, but you kind of did step through the things and you followed your own passions and pursuits and, and it worked out, <laughs> right? Like that's pretty encouraging, I think. So now moving into your life as a mom, which obviously is a natural transition. What did it look like in the early years of your homeschooling journey? And was that obviously what you were going to do? I mean, with your given your childhood and your upbringing, was that something that you ever questioned whether you were homeschool or not? Or was that just a, yeah, duh. <laughs> I was not going to homeschool. <laughs> <laughs> so, but then again, I also said I was never going to have children. Hmm. So we can see that I should never say never. <laughs> so I have five. <laughs> so what happened was I put my oldest son into preschool, which I was never going to do either, but ended it up. It was really wonderful for him. And then he went through a private school and kindergarten and everything, and then charter schools. And it was really great for him. And then my second son was in school and it was really difficult for him. It did not mesh up. It was very hard. And we finally got him to a place where he was doing okay, but I was just watching the spark die in him. And, you know, just watching him, like his personality and his shine and all that was just different and special about him kind of become, you know, deadened and, and softened so that he fit in into a public school setting. And I just really felt like, gosh, I really feel like we need to bring him home, but he's doing so well academically. Mm -hmm. So that was hard to pull him out because he was doing really well academically, but I, and he, he had friends, Yeah, but he He just fit in. Right. But he wasn't. Yeah. They were just moving him through, moving him through. (laughs) Mm -hmm. He was, he was just conforming. And so that's why he was getting along well. And so we prayed about it and just decided we'd bring him home. And after that, we ended up, we did try one year bringing my oldest home to homeschool and we have creative differences. It was (laughs) not a good match for us. Um, He did so much better at the math and science STEM Academy that he went to. Oh, interesting. Perfect fit for him. Wow. Well, so that's very neat how you can kind of identify as a mom, like where, who's thriving in what situation and following that instinct, I think is so important. And I mean, giving yourself, first of all, the permission to say, yeah, well, this one kid does better here and I can see that and I can watch them do well there from a distance and I might not be the perfect teacher for them, but I can find them those resources. And then also on the other end, seeing that those same resources aren't working. I mean, if all moms felt like they could make those decisions and be supported and find the tools they need. The world would be a different place. So I love that. That's yes. <laughs> okay. So what does homeschool look like for you now? What is, I mean, you said the one student is really good or he's graduated now, right? And on to college. Yes. Yes. My oldest who attended charter schools. He's actually graduated with an associates in science and associates in arts. And now he is going on to graduate school probably in the fall. So, yeah, so we're doing that. And then I have a junior in high school. I have a freshman. I have third grader and a kindergartner. (laughs) The spread. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I love it. I'm kind of in the same place here. Only no graduate. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So what does homeschooling look like? I mean, for you guys on a daily basis. So the older two are fairly independent. I even have them work with me to set up their own schedules to figure out what credits they need and work that in. One of my high schoolers has special needs, so I do have to help him more than I did his brother at his age. Mm -hmm. But, you know, that's just, once again, accommodating the kid in front of you instead of pretending he's some other kid. So he might be doing, you know, 
at grade level in English, but in math, he's seventh grade. And, you know, we may have to review things that we thought we had finished just because of his different neurological needs. So there is a lot more involvement with him. But then with my third grader and my kindergartner, it's a lot more hands-on. My kindergartner, actually, we're doing delayed reading, delayed all that, you know, that's, we, we don't push it in kindergarten. We just let them get used to the fun and the joy Mm. of learning. You know, if they're interested, we look into it. We dive deep into things. We play a lot of games, read a lot of books, you know, do a lot of crafts and Play-Doh and all that stuff. So I will have to say having a kindergartner now as my fifth child is different than having a kindergartner as my first child. They definitely have to be patient and wait (laughs) and also, you know, sit and listen to some things that maybe aren't as exciting to them because they're part of our together time in the morning. So, right. Yeah, that makes sense. And it is tricky because yeah, we have the, we have the 16 and we have down to the five and for sure there's a lot of shifting in his chair for those first like 30 minutes of the day where we're like, okay, we're all together for a minute. (laughs) You can handle it, but yeah. Okay. So is there a specific sort of, I don't know, school of homeschooling that you subscribe to, or do you, are you kind of just piecing it all together or do you have a curriculum you follow? What does that look like? So we're pretty eclectic. I do love Charlotte Mason's methods on home education. With that being said, I don't follow a specific curriculum for her methodology. You know, she says in her books that what she's putting forth isn't a system of Mm. things to follow. It's a method, which means that it's the spirit behind what we do. So with that, I'm going to just kind of pick and choose and piecemeal things. My kids don't do all the same things. Like, one son did one thing in ninth grade, but another, it's not going to work for him. So we're going to choose a different curriculum or a different methodology for him. Mm-hmm. So it's just all about figuring out what works best with our kids. And part of that was learning my kids, different learning styles, mm. how they learned, how they retained things. Well, I mean, for one child, I can't have him narrate to me after we've read something. Mm. Instead, I'm going to play a Jeopardy style game and ask him questions and he's going to answer back and we're going to work through it that way because I know that for him that's actually going to solidify it in his brain better than narration would just because his brain works that way Mm -hmm. so just being able to not you know be married to a certain style of education because you know you love it and you believe what they said so much but instead like teaching the child in front of you Mm. and how they work best and how they learn best yeah isn't it funny I think that a lot of times we I know for me, this is what happened in the beginning. I'm like, oh, I love this method of teaching. This is exactly what I would have wanted. And I would bring those ideas and those kind of techniques into the, to our homeschool and maybe hit a little resistance. And I'd be like, what, mm-hmm. what is going on here? This is the most beautiful thing ever. And we're having this like, <laughs> amazing experience and you're just like total jerk. And it was just, you know, my putting something that I thought was beautiful on that. And I think being adaptable and open and, and kind of being willing to, to kind of table the thing that we thought was so cool. <laughs> That's big wisdom. That's a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> It's humbling. (laughs) Right? Yeah. Well, that's motherhood in general. I think sometimes people say, well, I can't homeschool because yeah, that would be, I just can't even think about how that would be just so difficult. And it is difficult. I'm not going to tell you for a minute that it's not difficult, but motherhood in general is difficult. So 
just kind of comes with the territory, right? All right. So what's something, a resource maybe that, or activity or maybe a group, something that you kind of rely on for a sense of comfort or support in your homeschool journey? So I love our wild and free groups that we're part of that we get to meet with right now. It's a little difficult with a pandemic on, but when we have been able to meet together for functions and things, it's just been wonderful. You and I are part of a co-op group that is, was also meeting pre-pandemic and hopefully we'll be able to meet again soon. And also part of a book club for the junior high and high schoolers that has been really enriching and lovely for them. So those outside influences are so important, especially if we can get other adults to teach our kids some of the areas we maybe don't feel so strong in, or just that there's a lot of strife between our kid and ourselves in it. Because sometimes my my method of wanting to teach them something isn't going to mesh with them. Or it's really difficult for them. So there's a lot of, you know, dissidence between us and, and we're not really, you know, meshing well in that. And so to be able to turn to another parent and say, Hey, I'll teach your kids art. Will you teach my kids science, (laughs) you know, and, and being able to do that, just have this community that we can just turn to for our different strengths and to help fill in some of the gaps we've got in our own education. It's just a really beautiful thing. And I really appreciate all the other moms. I appreciate you, Lacey. Oh, thanks. (laughs) Well, well, it goes around, comes around. It's interesting because I think like totally piggybacking on that. Sometimes I'll say something, right? And I'm like, this is brilliant. This is a good idea. You should listen to me. And it doesn't doesn't hit home with my child. But then another mom will say almost the same exact thing. And for some reason, all of a sudden they're like, oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. (laughs) Or yeah, that must be true. You know, it kind of is just almost even more just a reinforcing for our kids to see, oh yeah, no, what we're doing is normal and and other people homeschool and they have to do their work too. And you know, all (laughs) (laughs) it's all just a demonstration of like reality. (laughs) Anyway, yeah, I love that community is huge. Okay, so what are some words of comfort that you can offer to parents who maybe are just newer on their homeschool journey or maybe just need a word, right? Like they just need some some kind of wisdom at the moment, what can you share? Maybe a lesson you've learned recently or, or anything really a book that you love. I don't, I don't know what, I'm going to leave that open. So one book that I always recommend to mothers who are consider or dads who are considering homeschooling is teaching from rest by Sarah McKenzie. Mm-hmm. I love that book. The spirit, the heart behind it is just everything that in invigorates me about home education and just brings so much peace and comfort. And so I really recommend that book. Um, I try to reread it every summer before we begin our new fall term, just because, you know, even skimming over it and just looking at the passages that I've highlighted again and again, just because there's just so much richness in it, it really kind of sets my heart for the year to come. So I love that book. As for encouragement, I just say, don't be afraid of your kids having gaps. They're going to have gaps. Public school kids are going to have gaps. In fact, right now, especially right now, so many kids trying to learn by staring at a a computer screen and being away from people for seven hours a day, they're going to have gaps. Things aren't going to, they're not going to retain things because they're in stress and depression. And those things stop (laughs) our brains from actually putting those ideas into our long-term memory bank. So we're going to have gaps, but his grace is so sufficient. It just covers a multitude of 
bad attitudes <laughs> and laziness and, you know, all the things that we deal with as homeschool moms, not just our kids, but us too. Right. I have to admit to a struggle with laziness lately, especially because I feel like I've been running this pandemic race with the same pair of shoes yes. for a year now oh and I'm worn out. Yes. I just said that on a call. Yeah. I was like, I'm ready to turn off pandemic now. <laughs> like, where's yeah, exactly. Off? Like, where's the off switch? <laughs> so just give yourself a break. Yeah. If you're feeling frazzled, if you're feeling frustrated, your kids aren't going to learn from you. <laughs> They're going to pick up on that. So I encourage moms, if you guys are hitting a wall, yeah. take a day off. Take a couple days off, go, go do something that fills your souls, you know, have your kids plan the day for you with activities that they want to do and go do that, yeah. you know, because those little gems that we create for ourselves along the path are what motivate us and, and keep us going and, and keep us running that good race. It's not about a plot along to the finish. It's about this journey of discovery and joy and creativity and curiosity. And we don't want it to become the task that we have to check off every day, you know, and that's the problem. There are seasons when we have to persevere. I'm in one right now, but even within that perseverance, let's have grace for ourselves and let's, you know, kind of be realistic about what we can accomplish and what we will be able to accomplish long-term with a current situation. Yeah. Oh my goodness. And I mean, I feel like our kids, if they see us, you know, giving in to like just rest and just kind of focusing on enjoyment and taking in those, these moments that are, that are good. I think it teaches them how to do the same thing, which is really the most important lesson, right? Like if they don't read until fifth grade, it's okay. As long as they, you know, are settled within themselves and know how to enjoy their life. Right. Like that's the most important thing. I think for any parent, they would agree that that's true. So yes, Betsy, so much wisdom. Thank you so much. So lastly, what's one little thing that you do that you make part of your sort of regular homeschool routine that just makes you happy? I would have to say probably tea time. Mm. Um, now we used to do it every day, but we've come into a season where we do it about once a week. <laughs> so it's just one morning a week where we make everything real cozy. We light candles, we have tea, we read poetry, we listen to our composer, read about them, do our art study, all those things that are like, to me, they're so soul enriching yes. all the arts and and just the connection and everything and being able to just sit and freely talk and and just linger over our tea because yes. when we have tea time too I'm not in a hurry to check it off and move on to the next thing if we need to skip math and science that day because we're just really deep in a really good discussion during tea time then that's what we're going to do yes. so that for me is a really beautiful time and I think looking back or my kids are going to look back at that and be like, there was so much rich connection there with that. And I'm so glad that we took the time to do that. Oh, that sounds beautiful. I love that. And I really feel like that's something that you can do as a family, even if you're not homeschooling full time, it's something that just a reset family time. I mean, where there's no agenda necessarily just to like sit back, pick up a book of poetry. And yeah, I love it. It's beautiful. Thank you so much, Betsy. So everyone, I hope that you've enjoyed this conversation. I have enjoyed this conversation and I want you to stay in touch with Betsy. So Betsy, tell the listeners how they can kind of just keep up with you. Well, I mainly post on at homeschooling underscore with the classics on Instagram. And that's my meme account. That's where I, you know, do all my little 
thoughts and stories and stuff. And then my other account, which is my personal account, I call it my boring account because there's no memes. It's just like pictures of my family doing life. Oh, and your beautiful um, house. It's <laughs> worth go check both of them out. <laughs> and that's that's Tall Timbers Academy is that one. And then I'm also on Facebook. There is a homeschooling with the classics group on Facebook if you'd like to join there and you can get the memes there. So that one's just search up homeschooling with the classics. And I have to tell you, if you're a homeschool mom and you need something to just like get you out of a funk, just go read through these homes. She takes old pictures, old paintings and portraits and like sort of vintagey looking artwork and adds, adds little, you know, like comic strip kind of, it's hilarious. <laughs> You need a break go find Betsy <laughs> anyway everyone thank you so much for listening in it's been a really fun time chatting with Betsy and I hope you're all doing well we'll talk soon thanks for having me before you go thank you so much for listening today I did want to let you know about some things that we have going on so first we have a few events happening at the farm in the schoolhouse or around the schoolhouse that I wanted to make sure you were aware of. Um, first upcoming on March 7th, we are inviting folks out to do a mushroom log workshop. And we would love for you to join us for that. We're going to be plugging mushroom logs. Each person who registers gets two, one with reishi, one with shiitake. We're really, really excited to spend this time together outside and um, just be getting our hands dirty and, and everybody gets to take these logs home and start growing mushrooms on their own homestead. Uh, we also have forest school coming up for families and that'll be on the third Thursday of every month in the morning at 10.30. Um, we would love to invite you out to that. All of these are available on our website if you want to check out our website and find the links. And then lastly, I just wanted to remind you that the Academy will include all of these things. So if you sign up for the Schoolhouse Academy, which Drew mentioned at the beginning of our call today, um, we will include these or at a discount, the, the fees for these and the um, or discount for any of our events at the Schoolhouse. Um, and lastly, even if you're not close by, this is something that you can participate in as the Homestead Open House is coming up in March. And we couldn't be more excited about this. And uh, it's just going to be a really great opportunity for people people to see what other folks have going on and learn new things that they can incorporate into their own systems and just maximize their efforts. So uh, another thing that will be included if you're a member of the Academy or of the flock, but um, watch for registration information to come down the pipeline. And we can't wait to share um, the amazing and incredible farmers that are signed up and ready to bring you their best.